0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Strange Pathways. I'm your host, Scott Mort. I am very, very sorry that this is a, a little late. I uh, I suffer from chronic pain. And uh, I, I usually, usually the pain is relegated to my right ankle, my left knee, a little bit in my back, but it's... <laughs> Most of the willpower I have is gotten through getting through the day. It's... I'm in a lot of pain right now. I don't know what I did, but somehow I must have pinched a nerve in my neck. Certain ways that I hold it, if I look to the right or look down into the right, it's almost as if, like, nerve tingles. Not super painful. The pain, the pain is in the tension, but... I'm definitely feeling like a nerve pinch in there or blood being cut off or something. So just dealing with all of that made recording this weekend rather difficult. Thank you so much for for sticking with me. I did take a day off work. I was in enough pain that I went, nope, just going to take this day and get stuff caught up. On to today's tales. In the 1960s and 1970s, here in Pennsylvania, there was a wave of Bigfoot and UFO sightings. Now, Stan Gordon investigated a lot of these. If you've not checked out Stan Gordon's stuff, highly suggest it. If you get a chance to see Stan Gordon live, go do that. Absolutely one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Uh, just wonderful man, wonderful man. But in the American West, there was more than a few reports around that same time of people seeing Bigfoot wearing clothes, especially especially flannel shirts. As odd as that sounds, now was there a cold snap? Was there mange and, and these creatures decided they needed more covering and would steal clothing? Who knows? Who knows? A few of these tales, this was in, this was in California around the 1950s. Uh, this was told to, to cryptozoologist Ivan T. Sanderson. The, the woman who told him was a young girl at the time. And she enters this meadow and she's going to cross this meadow. She wants to reach this small knoll at the other side. She gets almost the whole way across. She gets the f- to the foot of the knoll. And she hears this sound. It's the sound of someone walking. She's thinking her little brother followed her. He, he was going to jump out, try to scare her. And she yells out, All right, stinker, I know you're there. It wasn't her brother. Out from the bushes steps this seven-and-a-half, eight-foot-tall Bigfoot. She freezes. But it had on clothes. They were tattered, torn. They barely covered him, but they were still there. He makes this growling sound. And it makes her even more afraid. And she, she turns around and runs as fast as she can. She gets back to the camp. She's winded. She's scared. She stays right at camp the rest of the time that they were there. Going back a little bit farther, the Reno Evening Gazette, March 27th, 1907. They, they run a story about an ape man that was seen by a farmhand in Lexington, Kentucky. But this wild man was wearing a raccoon skin loincloth. April 1964, near Fort Laird, the Northwest Territories, a man known as john baptiste saw this creature with a long dark beard that was growling and eventually it did flee they they followed the tracks found nothing a month later a native american woman saw the same wild man june Outside of Fort Simpson, a 14-year-old boy and his father saw a small dark creature with a long beard. This one's carrying a stone club, and it's got a piece of moose skin around its waist. Around 1911, a lot of witnesses were seeing what was called the Tano Giant. Now, this was uh, in the upper Taino region in the Gold Coast. This is Ghana now. Uh, it was a ferocious, aggressive white ape of extraordinary stature. Arms as thick as a man's body. White skin under a black hair. And a monkey-like head. A face with big teeth. Four-fingered hands with no thumb. Now... Despite the fact that it had no thumb it it was said to be carrying around the skin of a bush cow when it when it got cold it would wrap the skin around it This I find this interesting I find this interesting because in our lifetime we have seen Chimps, some monkeys, some apes. We have seen them evolve. They're using tools more than they used to. Is it possible that if Bigfoot is a member of the ape family, that these are signs that Bigfoot is starting to evolve? Clothing, tools habitats, what have you. There's no reason that if this is a physical creature, which, by the way, I I highly doubt that this is a physical creature, but there's no reason to think that if it is, it wouldn't evolve, that it wouldn't learn. Is there a point in the far off future where Bigfoot would evolve to where we are now. I doubt it. I highly doubt it, but I don't discount it. I think that we've learned, especially over these last strange three years, that really anything is possible. Guess who's back in business, Lon Strickler of Phantoms and Monsters, back in business. Great to see you back. I, I hope I hope everything went well. And of course, you know, as soon as that week was up, I was back there. This tale comes to us from from Worcester, Worcester County. Look, it's Worcester. I see it as Worcester but I believe it's pronounced Worcester County, Massachusetts, 2007. Now the witness, the witness starts off by saying they don't really believe in all the nonsense that most of us do. They don't, they're not even fans of what we're doing right? They're not fans of these podcasts. They're not fans of like looking for Bigfoot. But they did see something. Boy, that's, I've noticed that. I have noticed that. Anytime you get, anytime you get somebody who goes, I don't believe in that stuff. The next words out of their mouth, the magic words. Well, there was this one time. Let's talk about his one time. They were driving down Route 20, Northborough, Massachusetts. It was around 2 a.m. His girlfriend at the time was in the car with him. They, they get into this heavily wooded area. And just off in the distance, right at the edge of their headlights, they see two animals crossing the road. Now is deer are one to do. They stop right there in the middle of the road and they look at the lights. He's thinking they're deer. The girlfriend's thinking they're dear. He turns on his high beams. And in a moment, they take about two steps and clear the roads in the woods. They... These things have fur on them that are the length of a deer. It's really short, short, but the fur is black. And these things are tall, seven feet tall. Their eyes are reflective, like whenever a cat looks at you in the dark. That's not surprising. Deer's eyes are pretty reflective as well. The head was deer-like, but the ears, the ears point upward. And they are standing upright on their back legs, just like a person. Now, this witness says it's hard to describe what their legs look like. But he said they resembled a wolf's back legs. Only the paws are touching the ground. The ankle is off the ground. What have you. It's almost as if, like, whenever you're walking tiptoe. These things, they 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 take two steps. They get into the woods. And this guy looks at his girlfriend and just goes... You see that? Those weren't deer. They end up calling them the things on Route 20. And I mean, it's it's as good a name as any. The things on Route 20. It's... People are seeing more and more of these. Is it, is it something as simple as chronic wasting disease? Chronic wasting disease does have a tendency to make deers behave in odd ways. I have heard stories of deer attempting to walk upright whenever they have chronic wasting disease. It would it would be it would be an explanation. Are these skinwalkers? Are these a new type of cryptid? Only only time will tell, and I'm I'm doubtful even that will do the trick. Our last tale, I I actually received this as an email. Uh, it came from a proton mail. There was permission to use the story. I, I I have tried to reach out, but I've gotten no response in weeks. As I said, this came from a proton mail, so it is an anonymous mail. I have a lot of questions about this. But unfortunately, I've received no response. If I do receive a response later on, I would, I would love to follow up with this, but I'm going to present it to you in, in, in my own voice. I won't read it word for word, but this is going to take us back to December of 2016, Alexandria, Minnesota. The witness is a young woman who is visiting her mother's farm. Now her mother's farm is not that far away from a municipal airport. This young woman, she decides that she's going to go out on the porch and have a cigarette. And she sees she sees this very very bright light in the sky. Now this light is moving slowly in the direction of the of the airport but it's very very bright in fact it's so bright the lady can't see the shape and it's really really quiet strangely quiet she takes her phone out and she she wants to take a video of this but her phone is in camera mode. So she just, instead of getting a photo of this, she just gets like the first snap, right? It's nothing but darkness. She goes to change the, the phone over to video mode and the phone freezes up. I find that, I find that odd But they did make a point in the letter to say, no, this was normal. This was an older phone. It was like it was trying to buffer, trying to catch up to the data that it was processing. But by the time, by the time she had restarted her phone, the old joke, turn it off, turn it on again, the bright light looks like it's getting ready to land at the airport. So she's not thinking too much of it. She's, she's thinking, oh, it probably isn't a UFO. UFOs don't land at the local airport. But she still can't get it out of her head that it was so, so quiet. So just as a joke, she posts that night on Facebook that she saw a UFO and the you know her phone froze up, and that's probably why there's there's no pictures of UFOs and it's a big conspiracy. It's the Facebook post was all very tongue in cheek. It's it's all very ha jokey, what have you. She even makes the comments UFOs don't land at the airport, you know it's it's obviously meant to be a joke host. A few days pass and this young woman returns to Los Angeles. It's New Year's Day and she gets that knock on her apartment door. She looks through the people of her door and she sees a very tall man and a black hat and suit. She said it, it felt like something out of the madman era. era. She, she likened it to a creepy, bald Don Draper. She decides that the best course of action is to pretend she's not home. But then the man outside yells, FBI, open up, please. She waits a few seconds and then the voices, we know you're in there. Now the voice that I'm giving this it's not the voice that's coming out of this of this man in black. She said that this man in black sounded like they were either a very old or b had been Kicked in the neck and they were out of breath and just, you know, the, uh, like that sound. FBI, open up. I'm not good at impressions. But apparently, neither is this man in black. Because she gets the feeling that this voice is fake. That they're trying to do an impression of an old man, but they're doing very, very badly they're they're not doing this voice very well now a lot of people who have had encounters with the men in black report that their thought process is a little skewed she's not thinking ufo the first thought that comes to her mind is the fbi is here Because I downloaded the first season of Game of Thrones. She'd went to a torrent site, found Game of Thrones, downloaded it. She admits that she looked at some porn thumbnails, what have you. It's, we're all adults here. But this is what's on her mind. She's thinking, the FBI is after me because I downloaded game of thrones. I looked at a couple of porn thumbnails and now they're after me. This man in black starts pounding on the door and it's freaking her out even more in her mind. She needs to stall for time. So she asks for ID and he pulls out a badge, shows it to the people, but For all she knows, it could have been a toy badge. But once again, she's not thinking clearly. So he knows she's in there. She opens the door. Old time clothes. No eyebrows. Two lazy eyes. Bald, wrinkled forehead and neck. It's it's terrifying her. She almost pees herself. And he says to her, I need to talk to you about the flying saucer you saw on the 22nd of December. And at this point, she's going, I wish, I wish you would have talked to me about the first season of Game of Thrones. Now she's scared. She asks him, how do you know? He says, the FBI knows everything, ma'am. He walks in through the door gets about four foot in through the door and that's where he stays for the entire length of their conversation. Four foot inside the door. She tells him the story. He remains emotionless, remains completely expressionless the entire time. Now, we've we've all heard how incredibly odd these men in black behave. Some of the questions are right out of left field. Now, is that a government agent just throwing in weird questions to make it to make it seem incredulous whenever other people hear about this to, to give the story an air of stupidity just so it's not believed? Or are these, these aliens or robots that are actually curious? Forgive the language. There is some language coming up here. But let's be honest. Once again, we're all adults. You should have gotten over laughing and giggling at this stuff whenever you were in science class in high school. So I'm just going to proceed with the exact question he asked. And this is what I love about this story, quite honestly, is, you know, we always hear he asked us odd questions and we can't remember. This woman remembers every odd question this man in black asks her. He looks at her, emotionless, expressionless, and says, Do your breasts produce milk? She says, no, I'm I'm not pregnant. And, And she's hoping that this guy isn't doing some sort of weird flirting with her at this point. He then looks at her expressionless and says, so they're big, but they have no function. The witness decides to change the subject back to the UFO. So she looks at him and goes, So it was a flying saucer that I saw. Was it aliens? He says, no, no such thing as aliens. He says, you should just forget about it. Do you have a theory as to why female people look so different from male people? Once again, shifting the subject back to her. This weirds the witness out even more, but she just tries to play it off. This man in black continues on, says, I just wonder why women's bathing suits are so small and guys' bathing suits are so big. This man in black then hits her with, do you think bathing is the first step in controlling our evolution? That's... Honestly, kind of an interesting question. Do you think bathing is the first step in controlling our evolution? little out there. She just says, yeah, sure, whatever. But then things get even weirder. The man in black just stops and goes silent and she's silent the witness says it's it's almost like this man in black ran out of batteries she's smiling at him he's not smiling back he's just stopped there she tries to get his attention can i help you with anything else i'd love to help you hello are you are you hello Finally, he snaps out of it and goes, flying saucers don't exist. Don't talk about it. She says, "Uh, okay, I won't. The man in black then says, I can't seem to find the door. Now, remember, the door is four feet behind him. But he's saying he can't find it. She's thinking he's, he's joking. So she just giggles a little bit and says, it's right behind you. And he looks at her and goes, can you show me? She tries to lead him to the door. This man in black will not turn his neck. I'm kind of sympathizing with that today. I'm still in a fair amount of pain. But he will not turn his neck. But she gets him to turn his entire body around. But it was incredibly difficult. It was, it was like moving a 180-pound mannequin. He's not cooperating. She looks at him and goes, are, are you okay? Should I call the hospital? He says, I just get stuck. He turns around, finally, actually gets turned around, sees the door, walks out, shuts the door, and is gone. And then the panic sets in for the witness. Her heart's beating fast, and she's just mentally replaying everything. She gets herself to a piece of paper, She's replaying it over and over. She doesn't want to forget a thing. She writes it down. Writes it all down. She looks at it and starts to laugh. So she calls her mom. Her mom goes, he must have been on drugs. She's told friends. and Everybody went, oh, it's just somebody playing a joke on you. But nobody seems to comment on how unearthly he looked and it doesn't quite hit her until later on that this man in black didn't really look human at all i just i found it so interesting to hear those questions those super odd questions that the men in black Always ask. Everything they do has to be for a reason. What is the reasoning behind that? Thank you for joining us once again on Strange Pathways. Do me a favor, head over to our Twitter, Pathway Strange, our TikTok and Instagram, Strange Pathways Podcast. Head over to our Facebook, we'll have a few images based on the tales you heard heard here today. And if you'd like to, please email us your tales, concerns, just to say hi, Mail at gmail.com. Head over to YouTube, click like, comment, subscribe, it is is all appreciated thank you so much for joining me this week my apologies once again for having this out late still in a fair amount of pain bear with me i hope to get better soon take care of yourselves and each other